you've heard scripture read and you're hearing tonight the entire sort of lessons uh, from this season. And so I want to spend a moment and just talk to you from a theme based on the scriptures you've heard. And I want to raise it from Luke chapter 2. And I only want to use the latter portion of this. I think it's the seventh verse. And it's verse 7. I want to read verse 7 from the New Living Translation. And if you're able, you can stand for it. If not, I understand. We've been very Catholic tonight. Some of you older saints are saying, Lord, help. Verse 7, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And I want you to look at somebody and say, neighbor, God works in the middle of mess. You can take your seat if you will. <laughs> I wish I had a little help right there. Maybe you want to say it to the other neighbor. Just tell them God works in the middle of mess. Do me a favor. Just look at somebody else. Say, neighbor. I got a few messy situations I need God to work in the middle of. Hallelujah. God works in the middle of mess. In the middle of it. When stuff don't look good, things are dirty, untidy, disordered, when things are in a whole mess, when life is disordered, when, when life gets to be even embarrassing and confusing, when affairs and situations are all in an uproar, God works in the middle of a mess. When things are unpleasant, sometimes even shown up difficult, when you almost feel like giving up, God works in the middle of mess. When you feel like you can't go on any further, when you don't know what you're going to do next, when you can't see way out, God still works in the middle of mess. When you have insecurity on top of insecurity and you don't feel like you can make it, God still works in the, y'all didn't get it just yet. Did Somebody sitting here tonight, you feel disorganized, disgusted, and matter of fact, you feel like life is completely disrupted, and if it wasn't for shame, you'd go ahead and declare right now your own depression, and you just go ahead and let the world know, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm going through too much. I know it's Christmas Eve, but I'm being real. 
Just because it's Christmas Eve did not change. The calendar on the clock may have changed. The calendar on the wall may have changed. It may be another day. I may only be a few hours before midnight and Christmas Day. But that thing did not change your situation because the stuff that was going on before today is still going on now. And it'll be going on on Christmas Day. And you need to know that God works. I didn't intend to preach tonight. I'm a meditation. Let me. It's important. I came to encourage somebody. Would you help me encourage a person sitting in your seat and just put your hands on your chest right now and decree right now, God, I know you're working in the middle of my mess. I praise you for it in advance. I, uh, I looked at this text, and, and you know, we've read it for years, and I, I've looked at it for years, and, and, and I know you know it like I know it, and, um, and generally we look at that, that as she was ready to deliver, the story is really clear that Mary is prepared to deliver. It's before Joseph has come to know her as his wife. And while they are ready to deliver, they've had to come from their home area some nearly 60 or 70 miles away to get to Bethlehem because they were of the lineage of David. And they got to the city of David there in Bethlehem. And when they arrived in Bethlehem, I want to postulate tonight that they probably stayed with family. They probably got there and they were staying with family. But other folk kept coming in at the same time because everybody had to go through and be there for the census count. And I think that what might have happened is that everybody, Lottie Dottie and everybody got there. And by the time everybody was there, there was no room left for a pregnant woman to have any kind of privacy for a delivery, I, it might have been that the lack of space was not simply a, an inn where an innkeeper was sitting. It may have been a house where people were living. Now watch this. In, in those houses in many of those days, in, 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 those, in those kind of Middle Eastern Palestinian type houses in Bethlehem, they would have had an upper room the same upper room where Jesus would accept the Passover, that, that kind of upper room. There would have been an upper room, but below there would have been the normal quarters there where the food and cooking and stuff would be done. But on that level, those places that did not have barns, at night if it got too cold, or if they were afraid that the animals would get stolen or taken or that wild animals would eat them, they would bring their animals into the house. I know y'all don't like that idea because you can't quite see it because you've never had a pet. You don't realize that there are people in this world that bring their pigs, their cows into the house with them. In this case, just think, I want to I reframe the story for you. They, they, they brought them in the house, 
and they're down there at the lower level. And you've got to know if they did do this. I'm just saying, just stay with me. Just, just muse with me for a moment. If they brought the animals in, the animals are not trained for the house. Uh, my, my daughter comes home when she comes home from school. She comes to Ohio. She brings her little dog with her. I, 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 I even shudder to call her a dog. It uh, fits in a tea kettle. It, it, I had a dog, she's, you know, I had a giant schnauzer, I, my, my baby was, this, this thing right here, just, and he just, oh man, he done stole my heart, don't worry. But that little dog is so small, and that dog's house broken. When that dog gotta go, he gonna give you a look. He gonna let you know. He'll even go to the door and say, all right now. I can't control these dogs. I got to get out now, right now. He'll scratch on it and let you know that dog is housebroken. But if you bring a live animal, a cow, a pig into the house, that animal's not. Oh, wait a minute. You, you bring a donkey in the house, you just brought a stubborn spirit in there with it. I know you want the sanitized version. Some of y'all want to say, Jesus was born in a cave and it was so nice. <laughs> Jesus was born in the barn and they had the barn animals on one side and, and then in the middle they had this sterile room that Jesus, no, get real. The Bible indicates that wherever he was born at, there were some kind of farm animals in there with him. And it's hard for me to believe. You, you can't go to a parade and have to have see somebody clean up when they get through. You get the visual. I'm, I'm. Which means that there's some mess. Come on to church for a minute. I want to just postulate for a moment that God works even in the middle of your family mess. Maybe y'all ain't got no issues in your house. So, In the middle of family mess, God will still work in the middle when stuff gets ugly, when situations are not what you want them to be, when relationships are not developing the way you know they should, when somebody's pushed out that ought to be brought in, when you don't feel like you've got the closeness that you used to have, I serve a God that still works in the middle of family mess. I thought I would just help somebody here who's having a little issue with family tonight. You're wondering what's going to happen. Uh, we, we, uh, my, my kids came home. Uh, the, my kids, our kids, I didn't have any one of them. I was there to see them, but I didn't have them. I wasn't there. I didn't have any of them. My wife had them. I just had to keep paying. <laughs> Let me, let me, when, they, when they got home, they, they, they didn't see uh, Eddie Murphy came back to Saturday Night Live after 30 years. And they did a skit about Christmas and family, which I thought my children laughed at a little too hard. 
You'll have to go back and see it. The father's making, uh, Eddie Murphy's playing the role of the father, he's making this intelligent uh, toast or quite prayer or whatever about the goodness of having family together. And in the background, they're showing all the stuff that went wrong and all the ways that they've been talking about each other and all the ways they've been backbiting and all the ways they've been criticizing, all the ways they've been complaining. It's in the background, but not in front of each other. And, I, and they were laughing a little too hard. My son laughed way too much when they got to that part about the father and son fighting over the remote control. I got ready to get, if I could walk then, I'd have probably got up and hit him. But I'm having trouble walking right now. So, listen, it, it is every household that make you feel a little better. Everything is not perfect in everybody else's household either. Stop looking around thinking you got the worst family since, since God made family, since Adam and Eve. You better watch yourself. You have to realize there are issues in every family, but there are issues that are worth working through and working out. And God still works in the middle. I got to hurry up. I'm, my, my, my time is almost up. Number two, God not only works in family mess, but God works in field mess. Because they brought the field into the house. And God has a way of working in the middle of the field of your life. Let me do this this way. If they bought the field in the house, what they had bought in their house was their work, that which helped supply their lives. And so when I talk to field, I want to talk about your job. I want to talk about the folk you come in contact with. I want to talk about the people who have rule over you in some cases who can give you employment in some cases take your employment away, give you a raise or take it away. I want to tell you that God even knows how to work in the midst of the field of your life and bless you despite what the enemy might want to do. The enemy might want to count you as a failure but the God you serve knows how to bless you despite what the enemy says. When the enemy says no, I got a God that'll give me a yes. When the enemy tells us a door, I got a God that'll open up the windows of heaven and pour our blessings. I have room enough not to receive. God knows how to work. But I need to stop. And so let me give you the last point. I thought you might want that one before I close. God knows how to work in the midst of a faith mess. The only reason Jesus came was to bless those of faith with complete redemption that did not require them to go back and put their own sacrifice of blood down because he'd give his blood. Come on to church. I just thought I'd help you right now. Get this in your mind. I know sometimes your faith gets weak. And I know some of you right now, you, you, you're not where you want to be. You're not in the place you want to be in. Life is not perfect for you right now. But the God you serve loves you so much that your weakness of faith doesn't intimidate him. 
the God you serve loves you so much that he'll make up for your mess up. He'll be there when you are down. He will love you despite yourself. And so don't you ever think that you're too far from God or that God doesn't care. The God that you serve sees you. The God you serve, look at somebody say, neighbor, I see you and so does God. God sees you and God cares about you. Your faith may not be what it needs to be, but trust me when I tell you this, the God you serve had loved you enough to come down into the earth and his gift on this night of himself is to buoy your faith. Lift up your head, saints, and know that God loves you and it's going to be all right because the God you serve works in the middle of mess. Come on, give God a praise.